Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're taking up the subject of identification, who we are in Christ, although your eyes can't see it, although your hands can't touch it, you know something, I am one with Jesus, Jesus is one with the Father, and we have all been joined together now because I accepted him as my savior. Sounds great, let's go to the word of God and find out just how great it really is. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you today. We're going to be talking about a subject today called identification. And to understand this, I think it's important when you first get saved or you lead a person to the Lord Jesus Christ, I know there's probably some great introductory books and those are fine. In fact, I highly recommend them. But I also recommend that a person begin to study from the Word of God, the different aspects of the Word of God. And so identification is one of them. Instead of studying verse by verse through the Bible, find these subjects in the Word of God. Find a good book on maybe identification or whatever. I have one called Theology Simplified, and this takes eight different doctrines from the Word of God and breaks them down. We have uh, predestination, reconciliation, sanctification, glorification, justification, redemption, propitiation, and election. These are terms that you can take, and the point of it is, is once you begin to study these and understand them, then you'll be in a position where you can handle the Word of God line upon line and precept upon precept, because the highest and greatest way to study the Word of God is in order. And then you can buy books on books, and that's what we have here, and I highly recommend that if you've been following God for some time and maybe studied subjects, perhaps it's time that you get into verse-by-verse study, because this is where the Word of God begins to really open up. You find things in context. The scripture that you maybe used for some time, you find out that wasn't the context at all. It was good to be used in what I was using it for, but look what was before it, look what's after it, and you begin to find out what God was talking about. So I recommend both. I'm teaching today from some scripture, and we're gonna, I'm recommending the book of Ephesians, because I think Ephesians is some of the best on identification and breaking these things down, these different doctrines down. So Ephesians will be a great book for you to get hold of. But I also recommend that you also, when you order the book, that you also order Theology Simplified because I think it's going to be a great blessing for your life. The two can work together hand in hand. We don't need to defend God when people try to remake God in their own image. And listen, this happens with believers and unbelievers. Oftentimes you start to witness to somebody, what they'll try to do is remake God into their image. Well, I believe God will let me in heaven. I've been a good person. I've been good to those around me. I'm filled with good deeds I've done for people. I think God will let me in. God doesn't think like you do. What God wants you to do is think like he does and that works are repulsive to God. Otherwise, Jesus didn't need to come if you could get saved by works. But the point is, I don't care if you've had a perfect life with every good work in you, you still can't get into heaven because the only one that lets you into heaven is Jesus Christ. You have to be equal to his level. And that's impossible for us to do unless we receive him as Lord and Savior. Then his righteousness becomes our righteousness. And if God should question you when you get to heaven, why should I let you in the gates here of heaven? Your response can be, because I received Jesus as my Savior. His 100 on your test has now been passed to me and I get in on his credit. That is what God is looking for. You know, down here on this earth, if we take somebody else's score, that's called cheating. But in heaven, it's called God's grace. He simply offers Jesus score to you 100 and all you have to do is receive it. That's the point of eternal life. Romans chapter six 
and verse 3 introduces us to this doctrine called identification. In Romans 6, 3, it says this, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. It's saying here that everything I have in my Christian life that is of any great benefit at all is because I am joined to Jesus Christ. I'm identified with him. Bob is not Jesus Christ, but on the inside, when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, my spirit was joined to his. Mine gained his eternal life. He moved into me, but I moved into him. You can't see that with your eyes, but the point of it is this is how the Bible portrays it. I am now in in Jesus Christ, meshed with him, one with him. Jesus is one with the Father. So as he's one with the Father, I am one with Jesus. Jesus is one with the Father. I'm one with the Father. This thing is just wonderful the more we understand identification. So it says again, Romans 6, 3, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, baptism into Christ Jesus, we portray it through water baptism. Water baptism won't save you, but it does portray what did save you. And that is, I received Jesus and I was baptized into his death. Then I was buried with him in baptism. And then after that, I was raised from the dead, like bringing a person out of the water. I was raised up out of death and now I have newness of life and I can walk in it. And as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, Bob was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can imagine it by reading the word of God but it suddenly helps me to understand no wonder Satan can't get to me. I am one with Jesus. Jesus is one with the Father. I'm one with the Father, and therefore that's the protection I walk in. There is one faith. There is one Lord and there is one baptism. The one faith is faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. There is no other means of salvation. There's no other plan that God has, no other plan that any man can have that will work. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there's only one faith and one Lord and one baptism. This is the new birth, and all this is portrayed in the new birth. I had faith, I became one with Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I'm one with him, and then I was baptized, with him and then raised from the dead with him. In this birth, we have been eternally joined to the Lord Jesus Christ and joined to his life. We are in Christ and into every phase of his eternal work. When I am in Christ, it suddenly means I was crucified with him. And that's brought out in the epistles. You'll never find this in the four gospels because the four gospels is historical. Bob wasn't placed on the cross. Jesus was placed on the cross, but why? Why would an innocent person hang there? Because Jesus represented all mankind. And so when Bob at five years old accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I was seen as going to the cross with him. Jesus Christ on the cross died. I was seen as dying with him. Jesus was taken off the cross and buried. I was seen as being buried with him. Three days later, life came back into him and he was, he was recreated at that point. Bob at, you know, was recreated with him. I came to life with him after I had died with him and Jesus was raised from the dead and Bob at five years old was raised from the dead. It had nothing to do with my physical age. It had everything to do with my simple faith in him. At five years old, for the first time in life, I became identified with Jesus Christ and God the Father. Although we are placed into Christ at salvation, 
the work of this union began before the foundation of the world. Let me just give you some ideas on that. What do I mean before the foundation of the world? When Jesus Christ was in heaven and there was only God the Father, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ before anything was ever created, we had the three eternal members of the Godhead. The Father had no beginning and has no end. Christ had no beginning and has no end, and the Holy Spirit had no beginning and has no end. So they are the eternal ones of the universe. Everything else is everlasting. What do I mean by that? It had a beginning and has no end. There's planets out there, the universe is out there, it had a beginning, it has no end. And Bob, whenever I was born into this earth, I had a beginning, I have no end. And so when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, although I received God's eternal life, it became everlasting to me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When eternal life hit Bob, I had a beginning. I have no end. God is the only one who never had a beginning and never had an end. And before anything was here, the Godhead drew up a plan. And the plan was for the universe, all of creation, for mankind, even for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because God even knew before the foundation of the world that this creature he had made called Lucifer would fall and take many angels with him, but also mankind would be caught up with him through the Garden of Eden. Whenever Adam sinned and Eve sinned, then this thing that was Adam had was lost and man was lost and therefore death entered in and we became children of Satan. We became attached to a dead person called Adam and found out that in Adam all die. God made a plan so that Jesus Christ could come and would be known as the last Adam, where the first one was a failure, the second one would be a success. And through Jesus Christ, we can now have restored back to us all the things that Adam had, but all the things that God wants for us today. So the work of the Godhead for us began before time existed, before there were any created beings. The work that began before there were any created beings will continue as long as God exists, and that is forever and forever. Our union with the Holy Spirit at the new birth identifies every born-again believer as being in union with the Lord Jesus Christ and every phase of his eternal life and his eternal work throughout all of eternity yet to come. So the point of it is identification simply sees me meshed with Jesus Christ and everything that he has belongs to him and belongs to me. Whenever I got born again, what was given to me was what had been delivered to Jesus. Jesus was given authority over Satan. What happens when I get born again? I have authority over Satan and demons. I don't have authority over all the things that happen in this world. That will be handled by God himself. But God has given me promises that can bring me through the trials of life that I can't seemingly change. You know, when the disciples got into the ship, they begin to complain to Jesus because there was a storm and Jesus had already given them a promise, let us pass over to the other side. So whenever they woke him up, he rebuked the storm and it quit. And they just looked like, what was this? How did you, how can the winds and waves even obey you? And Jesus told them at that point, he said, didn't I promise you we would go over the other side? And he rebuked them for the smallness 
of their faith and the smallness of their use of their faith and how they complained when they could have done the same thing Jesus did, sleep through the storm. Jesus calmed the storm. There's times we can calm storms, but there's times also we should just sleep through them, insult the devil right in his face and sleep in the midst of his storm. Rest in a time where he wants us to be agitated, irritated, and upset going through the trials of life. And we can just simply say to Satan, no, if my God be for me, who can be against me? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver me out of them all. So again, our union with the Holy Spirit at the point of the new birth identifies us and every born again believer as being in union with the Lord Jesus. By union, I simply mean Jesus and I are one in God's sight. I know there's me and I know there's him, but God sees us united as one. He sees us united in the Lord Jesus Christ and then with every phase of the work, eternal work of Jesus Christ and of God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna take up some points of our eternal identification with Christ when we come back. But the announcer is gonna come on and tell you how you can have a copy of the book of Ephesians. And again, I also want you to have the copy of the book Theology Simplified, because again, Theology Simplified breaks down all individual doctrines. Not every one of them in the Word of God, but eight of them, uh, very important ones, are broken down for you to understand those. Then when you go back and study the Bible a verse at a time, you can begin to see these concepts brought out. And here, like I said today, we're talking about identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see you right after the break. Hi, Pastor Bob here. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in, in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. Ephesus was famous for reckless living and idol worship. Even so, the Ephesian church was deeply spiritual. Unlike other letters correcting error, Paul's letter to the Ephesians revealed to mature believers both the truth of who they are in Christ and the practical application of this revelation to their marriages, families, and everyday lives. Bobby Andian's New Testament commentary on Ephesians ties in Greek word studies and scriptural references revealing God's empowering grace and the unprecedented authority of every believer as part of the body of Christ on earth. To order the New Testament commentary on Ephesians, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. 
So right now you and I are living between two eternities. There was an eternity before we ever came along and we were born. That eternity goes all the way back without any beginning. God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit have always been here. Then there's an eternity after us where God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit exist forever and forever. But there was a day we became born again. There's a day we started and we were joined to Jesus Christ, or as we're talking about in this particular lesson, identification with him. Since God had no beginning and God has no end, he's called eternal. He gave me his eternal life, but since I had a beginning at the point when I was born and also the time when I received Jesus as Savior, I am called everlasting. Whenever that eternal life hit me, I now have it and I'll have it forever. I have everlasting life. There was a time I started and I'll have it forever and forever. And this again is identification. How can a mortal be identified with an eternal God? And that is through the relationship of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes me one with himself, one with the Father, and I actually become the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is just all good stuff. But this again comes back to points that we have in theology. And simplicity of them helps us to understand the simplicity of the word. I always look at it this way. The Bible is not a difficult book. It was not written for arrogant people. It was not written for highly educated people. It was not written for people with PhDs. It wasn't written for that purpose. God wrote the Bible on a level where we can all understand it. In fact, Koine Greek is the, is the Greek of the New Testament. I took Koine Greek and Koine means common. It's a common language. Up until that time, they had Attic Greek, Homeric Greek, and these types of Greek were for the upper class. They were for the uh, higher echelons of society. But the people on the street didn't speak that, and so what was given to them was called Koine Greek, and the Bible, the New Testament, was written in Koine Greek, common Greek, street language. When Jesus saw he was over people's heads, he would suddenly shift over and start talking about a parable. He said, oh, here, here, it's like putting leaven in a loaf of bread, and all the women would go, well, I understand that. He says, like taking a net and throwing it into the ocean, all the, all the uh, fishermen would say, I understand that. He says, like planting a seed in the ground, the farmers would go, I understand that. He broke it down where anyone could understand it when he saw he was over their head. This is what the work of ministry is today, not to come across as educated, not to come across as higher than anybody else, but to understand God has called us to take the understanding, the knowledge we have, and bring it down to anyone where they can simply understand it. Jesus did that for us. The Holy Spirit continues to do that for us. And we bringing the gospel to people and the word to people and counsel to people need to bring it down to an everyday level where they can understand it. So the work of the Godhead for us began before time existed, before there were any created beings. The work that began before there were any created beings will continue as long as God exists and God will exist forever. Our union with the Holy Spirit at the point of the new birth identifies every born-again believer as being in union with the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore every phase of eternal life and his work that was actually brought to pass before the foundation of the world. I become one with him. I'm going to heaven. Why? He's there. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. How can that be? Because I am in him. Wherever he is seated, I am seated. And we go down this whole thing of identical 
sanctification one point at a time and we understand something. Wow, I really was seen in Christ when he went to the cross. I was crucified with him. I was buried with him. I did die with him. I was raised with him. And now I am seated with him in heavenly places. All this is identification. You start to get the idea of who you are in Christ and you can begin to understand that whatever's under Jesus' feet is under your feet. And Satan and demons and all the works of hell have been placed under his feet. And therefore Jesus said, I give unto you authority to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And the most important thing is to lead people to Jesus Christ. So let me give you some points on eternal identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. First, we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, Ephesians chapter one and verse four. This happened to what we would call the eternal life conference. God the Father sat down with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit and, and they worked out the plan of redemption. Let me tell you how the Godhead works together. There's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And though we talk about the fact that they are three, yet one, here's the reason why. They are three individuals who operate as one. The word God is actually a plural word, Elohim. And God said in the beginning, let us make man in our image. And there we have the fact that the Godhead was involved in creating the earth and the universe and also mankind. So when God the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ work together, it's much like the word team we have today. Team is one word made up of many, and yet they function as one. I love it when they interview the, you know, the quarterback and they try to get him to, you know, brag on himself. He never says, he says it's a team effort. Because if, listen, I know I passed that ball, but somebody was there to catch it. Not only did I pass the ball, I had people around me to block and to tackle to keep people from knocking me over. So everybody works together for one common cause. This is what happens in Jesus Christ. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. This wasn't something where God flipped a coin and said, Bob, you're gonna be part of this plan. No, he looked at me and knew that there was a day I would hear the gospel and I would say yes. Because he knew I would say yes, he made a plan for me before the world ever existed. This is in Ephesians chapter one and verse four. I call this the eternal life conference. There's other authors that call it other things, but I believe before the eternal life was even a plan, God sat down before the foundation of the world and figured out this plan. God the Father is the creator of the plan. Jesus Christ is the executor of the plan and the Holy Spirit is the revealer of the plan, whether that's the plan of redemption or creation. God the Father planned it, Jesus Christ executed the plan and the Holy Spirit through the word of God and through the prophets is the one who told us in the Old Testament. And then also we have this in the New Testament where God, again, Jesus Christ went to the cross for redemption. God the Father planned it, Jesus Christ executed it, the Holy Spirit revealed it. So again, whether in creation or redemption, the Godhead worked together the very same way. Because of God's foreknowledge, of our choice to receive Jesus Christ, we were then chosen or elected. This is another doctrine from the word of God and identification with Christ. God chose me and God elected me and saw me in Christ because he saw it was my choice to be in Christ. If you don't choose to receive Jesus, then you were not brought up at that conference back there. This is God's plan. What he saw was he based his choice on you because you would choose him. And that's the whole basis 
pieces of it. So when I received Jesus at five years old, it didn't take God by surprise. He knew it before the foundation of the world and had a plan for me already. And that plan existed. And I just simply stepped into it the moment I accepted Jesus as my savior. So again, before the foundation of the world, God saw me at five years old, vacation Bible school, accepting Jesus as my Lord and savior and said, let's get a plan together. God didn't throw a plan together me when I got saved. He already had a plan thrown together, a perfect plan for me, even a plan for when I miss his will for a way to me to get back into it. That's my heavenly father. We were then chosen to be sons and daughters of God by means of the new birth, removing us from Satan's family and rejoining us into the family of God, moving me from a dead tree into a living tree because that dead tree was Adam. In Adam, all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. The moment I decided to accept Jesus as my savior, I was removed from the dead tree and placed into the living tree. And when I stand before God, I won't be judged for my works. I'm judged for one thing. Did I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior? And I can say, yes, in fact, I'm alive because I'm attached to the living one. His name is Jesus. So first of all, we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's Ephesians 4. One second, we are redeemed out of the world into God's kingdom. What does this mean? Just as the world hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. And they're going to hate us as Christians. The, the church today is becoming a major uh, talking point of the world. They've got to try to get rid of us. Israel's number one, but then also the church of Jesus Christ. They're trying to stop us. But listen, Israel is eternal and the church is eternal because they came from the same eternal God. Oh, yes, we'll see trials. Oh, yes, we'll see tribulations. We'll see things come to pass. But our choice to receive Jesus has put us into a brand new position with the world, just like Jesus Christ had himself. John 15 verses 18 and 19 tell us if they persecuted Jesus, they're gonna persecute us. And because he was born in this earth as the redeemer and displayed himself as the redeemer, the arrogance of the world can't stand someone saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But it's the same way with Christians. When we stand up and say, I have found the way, his name is Jesus Christ. I have joined him through the new birth. I'm identified with him and his future is my future. And uh, his relationship with God is my relationship with God. The moment I start talking identification, they call me arrogant, they call me conceited, but I'm simply here to tell you, whether you like it or not, it's true. It's true, I am one with the Father, one with Jesus. Bob didn't do this, Bob just accepted it. And you're the same way if you're a Christian, you didn't do this. You didn't put this plan together, God did. You just walked into the plan. And the moment you walked into the plan, there it was, already made. Your name was attached to it. You can choose not to walk in the plan even after you're saved. Oh yeah, you'll go to heaven, but you're not gonna go with much reward. You're not gonna go with much happiness and joy and peace. That's for down here. Happiness, joy, and peace. The kingdom of God is not in food or drink, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So again, we're put into this position by the supernatural ministry and supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And then we are now protected from the world by that same Holy Spirit. Oh, they may kill us. They may come along and take our life. So I thought we were protected from the world. We are because the world does not dictate my future. They just simply are the agent sent me to heaven. They killed me and I went to heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present from, with the Lord. In other words, you can't lose. From the time you're born again, you can't lose. 
Once you're born again, I mean, you're part of God's family, part of God's kingdom. And again, to live as Christ, to die as gain. And also when we get born again down here, then heaven belongs to us. And we know immediately that when we die, we will be standing with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Our identification with the Holy Spirit also includes our union with the Lord Jesus Christ in his supernatural birth. We find this again in the word of God. And God's plan for us is this. We may look like dust, but I can tell you this, we are God. We may look natural on the outside, but we are attached to the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 9, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I have the spirit of Christ, so I belong to God. You know what that means? If the Holy Spirit lives in me and I live in Jesus Christ and all of us live within the Father, that divine entanglement where we're all pulled together simply means God's future, Jesus' future, the Holy Spirit is now my future. And guess what? If you're born again, it's your future too. And your future doesn't include just the rapture of the church or just standing in his presence in a resurrection body. It also means this, you'll be with him forever and forever. The universe is yours because why God made it for us. This is his present, his gift to us. And we now, by accepting him as Lord and Savior, have the same future as God does. In other words, you can't lose with the stuff that we use. And that what we have is the new birth and our position in Jesus Christ. What a blessed thing. Don't forget the books and uh, we'll be ending this. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.